Welcome back to the Call in Our Shop podcast. We are live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. I'm Austin, joined by Logan and Sam, and you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. But today we got an exciting episode to recap NFL Week 10, talk about Week 11. But first, we got to talk about what a big day in the Call in Our Shot channel history it is today. Today is our birthday, our one-year anniversary. So we're recording this on Tuesday. The video goes live on on Wednesday, but Today's our one-year anniversary. Also, we passed 13,000 subscribers. We posted a video with a bunch of our memories, but Logan, I'll let you say some kind words to the people and then we'll just kind of bounce off and then move into some football. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really crazy how we just hit 13,000, uh, you know, fittingly on our, on our birthday today. Uh, it's just, it's it's been such a, such a wild ride. I mean, when I started doing those baseball videos, I honestly, Austin, I had no idea where we'd get, go. I was like, oh, this is just kind of a fun thing. It was more of a hobby, but look at where we've come. You're doing it full time. It's just really amazing. All the people that I've met uh, in the in the Calling Our Shot community, you guys are the best. And uh, really, this is why Calling Our Shot is the best on YouTube. I couldn't have said it better myself. We, we love all of our supporters out there. That's why I urge you, if you haven't checked out our one year anniversary video, I thought it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed putting it together. We had some funny moments that we've had kind of compiled over the past year and kind of goes to show you, you know, we try to set ourselves apart from the rest of the betting channels, the rest of the sports community. And but we're all one big community here. We appreciate all you guys. Now, Sam, you guys might only see him on the podcast once a week, but he's been a day one. I think he was on our second or third video ever posted. So he's been here for a long time. His specialty, he loves watching football, doesn't watch a lot of other sports. But Sam, how are you doing, man? We appreciate you for being a part of the Call on Our Shot channel for so long. Hey, doing pretty good. And you know what? I'm glad to contribute, even if it's just in this limited capacity. But uh, yeah, starting with the, the OG podcast from last year. And uh, it really is crazy to see the, how this thing's growing and to see how that might project into the future. Because, yeah, you guys are just you're blowing up. We're all, we're all doing this together. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's been insane. I, if I had told myself a year ago that we'd be sitting at 13,000 subscribers, which doesn't sound like a whole lot. But for people that have never I've never created videos or posted anything, anything really on YouTube. So it's unreal. So like I said, we can't thank you guys enough. Not, there's so many people we could name and there's probably like 10 to 15 that come to head. But I won't, I'll save those people for in, in the separate DMs and whatnot. But we appreciate all of you guys, especially our COS All-Stars, which power this podcast. So we appreciate you guys. I've said appreciate probably 100 times the past day. And in all the comments, I keep saying it, but we really can't do it without you guys. So thank you. But without that, we're going to move into week 10. And we're going to talk about week 10, biggest takeaways from, from that weekend in football, another weird kind of NFL week. And then we're going to move on into week 11, answer some social questions by you from you guys. And so if you're new to the channel, consider clicking that subscribe button. We're trying to hit 20,000 by the end of the year. Big goal, but I think you guys can get it done. So Logan, I'm going to throw it over to you. And I want to give you, let you start about your, how you enjoyed this week in football and what your biggest takeaway was this weekend. It was, it was a great weekend of football. You know, there were obviously some lopsided uh, victories. You hate to see that, right? I, I love competitive games, but this was a lopsided victory for sure. Sunday night football, Kansas City Chiefs made a statement, right? This is what we were looking for a statement win from the Chiefs and a game that no one really knew it was going to happen with were the Raiders. Raiders have been playing some really inspired football, but Kansas City finally flexed that offensive firepower that we knew that they had. Yeah, I, I think, guys, this is one of those watch out moments. The Kansas City Chiefs are back, and I think they, they're putting the NFL on notice. They're putting the AFC on notice for sure. I did not expect that. Even we talked about this game last week on the podcast. I don't really remember our exact score predictions, but none of us expected what a 41 to 14 blowout. So props to them because I'd expected the Raiders to keep this, keep this game close and it was never close from the jump. So 
Props them. We'll see. This they got a big week set week eleven matchup against the Cowboys. We'll talk about that one in a little bit, as well as talk about Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night, all the big games of this weekend. But shout out to the Chiefs. Um, Sam, what was your biggest takeaway from this weekend? Um, what the New England Patriots are looking like on offense, and especially Mac Jones. My early take at the beginning of the season, and partially because I was hoping that would jinx it and make it not come true, was that Mac Jones was going to be the best rookie quarterback. And right now, it kind of is looking like he is. I mean, you can't really make an argument for Zach Wilson or a lot of those other guys who haven't seen the football as much, you know, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Um, and I think right now he's even beaten Trevor Lawrence. Um, last week, a great stat line against the Cleveland Browns, 19 for 23, three touchdowns of near perfect passer rating and, and a blowout, big blowout performance against the Cleveland Browns, who everyone's like, you know, are they an elite team? Started the season thinking that they were an elite team, definitely on the down right now. And I think the Patriots kind of push them into the ground and make the case that yeah, they are the better team than the Browns and um, they're a contender in the AFC. Yeah, I got to get ahead of this before I get slandered. I'm out on the Browns again. I said I was in last week. I'm out. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that team. It, uh, they're the most up and down team in the NFL. Now, Baker Mayfield looked bad and I should have known better betting their spread, knowing it was a big game on the road. Baker probably wasn't going to show up, but I don't really know how to rank this Patriots team. It's, you know, they're six and four. They've been on a really hot streak, but do they, are they better than the top teams in the AFC? What are your thoughts, Logan? Um, yeah, I, and I, I really do think that the Patriots are a lot better than people are giving them credit for, even with Mac Jones. He's that, he's that game manager type quarterback that, you know what, he'll make the throws when needed from a rookie. It's extremely impressive, right? We don't want to see him going out there and throwing four interceptions, being losing the type of game like the Zach Wilson's sometimes Justin Fields is a little erratic like that. You know, Mac Jones is just cool, calm, collected. He's a Tom Brady 2.0 really is. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy how he, fell right into that perfect system. They, they they check a lot of boxes, right? Defensive scheme, Bill Belichick, one of the best coaches, if not the best in the NFL, at defensing, defensive schemes. And you got a really solid running game, you know, that that takes some pressure off Mac Jones. They got Ramondre Stevenson, who's, who's come on recently, and Damian Harris when he gets back. This Patriots team should not be slept on. They, they're definitely uh, a contender. Yeah, yeah I, you think know, I really think it shows some maturity in a certain way to be a game manager. You look at all these rookie quarterbacks, what are they trying to do? Trying to backpack the team and, and just make crazy plays after crazy plays and it's ruining their stat line. So to be able to, for him to do this in his first season and have the wherewithal to say, okay, you know what? This team just needs me to you know be conservative and make progress, but in a game manager role, he's getting it done. So, I mean, the ceiling for him right now, I think is crazy high if he can do this in his rookie year. Yeah, I mean, he's been like like Logan was saying, he's he, and I I would say he's been a little bit more of a game manager. They've still been making some deeper plays than really I thought they would do that they had been doing the past like the first couple of weeks of the season. They're really kind of opening up the playbook for him. So I just don't know, you know, if they're better than those top teams in the AFC. But we have they're going to match up against the Bills, who a lot of people consider to be you know one or two in the AFC. So they got they got the Bills on their slate coming up later in this season. So. I'm excited to see what they are going to do because, yeah, like Sam was saying, like Logan was saying, the Patriots have looked very awesome. They've looked awesome. If you're a Patriots fan, you're you're all you're you're thinking you're way ahead of schedule. You're like, oh, we're starting a rookie QB. We'll have another bad year, and we don't even know if this guy will be good. And now all of a sudden, you guys are kind of climbing up the rankings. And all us Jets fans out here, you see me hit with Mike White and Zach Wilson. We're like, well, this this is this this feels like home because this is what we've lived with the last 20 years. So, what can you do about that? But my biggest takeaway from this week. 
is the Panthers are back. Logan, he's still at the Panthers game. Look at him in the background. He's still there mm-hmm. hanging out. Um, yeah, the Panthers are back. And my my bold prediction, maybe it's maybe maybe it's too bold, but I think they're making the playoffs. That's my bold take. Now, actually, now that I think about it, they re- it really is not too bold because they are the seventh seed at the moment. And I don't see a lot of teams behind them that are necessarily inspiring a lot of people. I mean, you got the Eagles, which are up and down as well. You got the Seahawks who couldn't even muster up a point for my Seahawks spread and Logan's upset prediction last week. But I think the Panthers are back. You think about early on in the season, they were doing well when Sam Darnold was playing well. And then Christian McCaffrey got injured. Sam Darnold went absolutely bonkers. I don't know where, where he went, but we didn't know we separated his shoulder before we recorded last uh, last week's episode, but I don't think it would have mattered. But they got Cam Newton back in here, and Cam Newton, you know, he's a Carolina favorite. So I love them. I, I think this offense is going to really change, and I think Cam will be able to kind of get this offense moving. And just he knows what to do. And what, is, what does he do? Logan knows. He dumps it off the CMC. He gets it to him nonstop, and boom, that's how the offense functions. <laughs> And so I'm excited for Logan and his Panthers. Logan, I'm sure you can talk about Cam Newton because I know you have a soft spot for him, despite some tumultuous years. Yeah, you know, how we left Cam was we kind of threw him away. We kind of threw him away as trash. Carolina didn't split, you know, amicably uh, with Newton. But here he is back and every Panthers fan. What's really crazy is I got a good, you know, pulse on on Panthers fandom. They just want to see Cam. They just want to see him thrive in this role and given the opportunity. Looks like this week against Washington, he he will have an opportunity. Man, the storylines are there for for Cam and the Panthers, right? You're playing ex-coach Riverboat Ron uh, in in, with, with the Panthers being in playoff position. You know what, Austin? It's it's a little bit too bold of you to say, though, because I don't necessarily trust Cam Newton. He's not a dropback quarterback. Look, the Panthers aren't always going to be in the red zone. They're not always going to be able to where Cam could just go in power like that. The NFL has changed a little bit, and it, you have to win on the back of Christian McCaffrey, and that's a big question mark, right? Or, or how, how far can Christian McCaffrey take us? I absolutely love his usage. I absolutely love uh, watching him you know, week in and week out. But that being said, I, I just there's a lot of question marks around Cam Newton. I need to pump the brakes a little bit. We need to take care of business versus Washington before I'm all in. I can be the excited one for you then, Logan. But <laughs> their defense, I think, is the reason that they're, I think they have that good chance to you know, make the playoffs. And I don't know if they'll necessarily make a run with Cam Newton, but that defense is legit. And it's been legit all year. I mean, you, they really haven't had a lot of bad games. I mean, they played poorly against the Vikings that's a pretty good offensive team and then when they gave up I don't know 24 28 points to the Patriots half of those points was off Sam Darnold turnovers that he put them either he gave him a free touchdown or he gave him the ball in the red zone so I'm excited for your Panthers Logan do you have any do you have any comments Sam Uh, I'll wait till we get to our spread pick because uh kind of kind of related on all right all right we'll we'll, we'll stick around so we're gonna hop in before we start talking about Thursday night football we talk about week 11 we're gonna answer a couple questions from you guys and we're gonna start with one that was from a man on Twitter, Black Thor. He asked us, how many legs should your parlay have to win it consistently? So, Logan, I'll start with you. We'll go to Sam, and then I'll end it off. Um, <laughs> you're asking the wrong person. I'm not a huge parlay better just because I've taken a lot of parlay else. But that being said, obviously, the less legs, the better for me. I, I'm, I'm usually a three-leg parlay, max four legs. And I, and I, I think even that is pushing it. Well, you, you see those, I feel like the, a lot of uh, social media pressures you to do those 10, 15 leg parlays. I so I can retire early, win hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, better chance of getting struck by lightning outside. I, I, I wouldn't play parlays like that. Sam? Yeah, you know what? I don't think parlays are ever meant to be won consistently. So I take issue with the question in the first place. <laughs> um, no, so only because I've had minor success in some, you know, money line parlays 
Clearly not this year, but in the in past. Yeah, year. when? <laughs> years ago. We want I can't point to a Sam. single one this year. I cannot point to a single one this year. But <laughs> while Logan's right that 10 or 15 legs is just absurd, when you've got, you know, five or six or six or seven, now you're looking at turning, you know, 10 into a couple hundred bucks. And I'm not saying it all need to be crazy. You can pick very conservative legs on a multi-leg parlay. You know, that adds some more fun to it. I don't think parlays should be your go-to daily driver for how you're trying to make money in betting. I think they're kind of, in essence, a, a more of a wild card thing. So, I mean, yeah, I agree with Logan. If you are going to do them all the time, keep it at three. But, you know, I like to air it out a little bit and understand that I'm not going to win consistently. But if I throw out a five or six one and I all I have to do is win every, you know, five or six back, that's what I like more. So I'm more of a... Uh, really uh, low floor, but really high ceiling. I, I want to take home more, a little more money with my parlays. Okay. Okay. I, I'll be the, the guy that says here, uh, I think the best parlay is no legs. Um, and the, I, I preach this to people on the channel. I don't play parlays. Now you'll see me. I say this as Wednesday morning in the NBA video, we will have a $13,000 parlay and that will be a giveaway <laughs> if it does cash to all the subscribers. But I say that with a, that's just kind of our giveaway kind of thing to everyone that supports us. But personally, I don't play a lot of parlays and here's why. Now I look at numbers and I see, I believe, you know, you look at, I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but I believe a sports book, if you bet a dollar on a parlay, they expect to bring back, I think 50% of that or even more it could be even like in the nineties, whereas like a straight bet, they're really not expecting to make a lot of revenue or profit on those, on those sort of bets. So they don't make a lot of money off singles and straights. That's why you see a lot of people when they hit a big parlay, you see all the sports book. They just spam it. You see it on Instagram, TikTok, mm -hmm. every single social media platform because they want to show, look at this person. They turned $25 into 80 grand. Hey, go place one of these. And I guarantee yep. you they make a lot more money than the 80 grand payout. So I don't love playing parlays. If I do play them, it's normally high value, a lot less legs. Now, We've done those in the past and they haven't necessarily hit, but I'd rather have, you know, have to count on three or four legs than, you know, put 15 legs and lose one of them. Go 14 for 15. I think Logan has a little bit of experience on something like that, but PTSD, uh, <laughs> you didn't deserve that. But yeah, I don't love playing a lot of parlays. That's just my whole two cents. And I hear a lot of people in our comments and this happens pretty frequently. I could have a good day in the NBA. I could go four and one. Yeah, that's a great day. You know, you're probably up a little less than three units, but They'll be like, I'll put all five, I'll put all five of the picks in the parlay and I lost money. I'm like, just make the face bomb because it's like, you know, we, we play a lot of straight things. I always tell people don't parlay them, always play them straight and go from there. But we're going to move on to another question. We're going to talk about one more like kind of sports betting question. Then we'll move on to week 11 and talk more about football. But the last question from Esper on Twitter, he asked, you wanted to rank us the sports that we thought were easiest to bet on versus the hardest. And so Logan, I know you've done obviously baseball. You've obviously you've bet on NFL, basketball, baseball, all of those and college football as well. So what's the hardest sport you think is bet on? And what do you think is the easiest? For sure. For sure, 100%. The hardest sports sport to bet on is college sports. College football to me is is really hard. I, I got I got absolutely taken out with the trash last weekend. I had a terrible weekend because everything that I thought was going to happen didn't, and that happens so frequently in college because it's so volatile. Uh, I can't stress this enough. They're they're not they're not professional athletes. It's harder to predict. I mean, hey, so, so star quarterback has, has a bad day, maybe some bad grades or something. Those types of things happen in college that, that you eliminate from the pros. I do make a lot of money in baseball. I've had my really good runs in there. I have bad runs too, but some, <laughs> some really good runs in baseball. So for, with, without a doubt, baseball is my favorite to bet, most profitable. 
and college sports is just a tough one. Yeah. And I guess I sort of prefaced this when I asked the question, there's no easy sport to bet on. Like, it's not like, Oh, you know, (laughs) baseball's easy money. Go just put all your money on baseball. That's not true. Baseball is still a very hard sport to to bet on. You still have so many different games. Some teams come out flat every, every other day. Mm -hmm. You really don't know. So every sport's tough. Personally, for my preference, I would say college basketball and college basketball is probably the hardest one to bet on. And it's not necessarily that I, it's more so that I'm not very informed about um, the different teams. And honestly, it's overwhelming. So so today when the podcast goes out, it's Wednesday and these are kind of tough. My Wednesday videos are hard to make. And for the NBA, because there's so many games on, there's like 11 games staring at you. And I'm sure Logan, you get the same exact thing when you're doing college football, you're like, you open up your sportsbook app and you see a hundred games. You're like, where do I even start? It's like, kind of have to limit it down a final just state of the sec or state of this and that's what i've kind of been struggling with uh college basketball in specific because there's 150 games on a night i hardly know a lot of the players on the teams who's in who's out it's it's tough so college sports are tough to bet on i don't like betting baseball either and hockey people keep asking for hockey picks and i have to tell them time and time again i could probably name you like 10 hockey players and that's probably stretching <laughs> so yeah it's like i don't have a coin here but flip a coin and that's what i'm gonna bet on if i were to bet hockey so sam do you have any thoughts on this question before we move on only that you should bet on sports that you're knowledgeable about and i think you know my rationale kind of extends to what i actually do you know i, I follow football you know predominantly nfl a little bit of college and so those are things I feel comfortable on, not just because I know the types of bets, but I know the game, right? And I know, you know, what, what are the ins and outs? And the last thing you want to do, kind of referencing your story yesterday, is make a bet on something you don't even fully understand, right? At that point, just bet on heads or tails in the Super Bowl, right? Because if it's a blind, I just want to double my money. Well, then I think you're, you're kind of doing something a little more stupid. So bet on a sport you know that you're knowledgeable about that you are actually going to get into and, you know, follow through. And I think that's the win-win situation for sports. Yeah. And I I couldn't have said it better myself. I I see comments that come not only on Twitter, but also some YouTube comments where people are asking, you know, what an acronym I use or what team a a guy plays for. And normally if that's something I see, I normally am like, please don't take the bet. Just don't, if you don't know, you know, who, I don't know, Derek White plays for or Devin (laughs) Fassell or some of our, or, Reggie Jackson, like, don't take the prop bet because you you don't know who he plays for. So you probably have never watched a single game of theirs. You don't know how they use them. And it's things like that. Like Sam might not know who I, any of those three people play for because he doesn't watch NBA. So that's and that's perfectly fine because he doesn't bet on basketball. So, yes, I agree with you, Sam. And I couldn't have said it better myself. Don't bet on something you don't understand because you'll just end up you, you'll you'll be very confused and that, that you don't want that. So we're going to move on back to some NFL talk. We're going to talk, talk, start with the spicy one from Timothy. He asked us a couple questions last week. So we're going to go with one more question before we get in. And then we're going to talk about week 11 spread picks. He asked who's a pretender and, and what he means. And I kind of adjusted his question, but more or less, who's a pretender is someone that will likely make the playoffs, you know, not necessarily maybe squeaking as a wild card team, team somewhere in that top, you know, one to five seeds that might win their division or be the best team in the wild card spot. Who's a pretender that, you know, you don't see going very far in the postseason. So Logan, I'll let you start. Uh, yeah. Well, so we talked a little bit about the Carolina Panthers. I had some rooting interest in Panthers versus Cardinals last week. And you know what? The Cardinals are a pretender. They're a fake. They're a fraud. I don't, I don't want any part of them. I don't, I, yes, obviously Logan, they didn't have Kyler Murray. I get that. But how much better uh, is, is the team wise with Kyler Murray? Obviously significantly, but not enough to me to make that deep playoff run. I saw a lot of flaws and a lot of weaknesses exposed by Carolina. First of all, you know, James Conner and that run game, you know, with Chase Edmonds, obviously out the run game can only take you so far. 
DeAndre Hopkins has been hurt. Who, who the heck knows what's going to happen with him? They've got question, dude, too many question marks for the Arizona Cardinals. I know their record is good, which just means they're going to be a higher seed, which means there's going to be expectations. You know who I don't trust? I don't trust Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury as a coach. I, there's just something about him. He kind of rubs, rubs me the wrong way. I just think when when it comes playoff time, when, when it's big boy football, Cliff Kingsbury, eh, I, not, not a guy I want to hang my hat on. Cardinals are a fraud. No, and, uh, I don't care. Well, go ahead. Go ahead, Austin. Um, no, I was going to say it is hard to kind of say, you know, they're a fraud, especially without Kyler Murray, because with Kyler Murray, this team was, I don't know, what, seven and one. Their only loss was to the to the Packers, and that was with the game without DeAndre Hopkins. So I'll pump the brakes on that a little bit because this team, while they are missing J.J. Watt, their defense has been decent the whole year now. It didn't look great on Sunday against the Panthers, but that was a total flop from them, a letdown spot. We'll see when they get Kyler Murray back and see if they can keep things going. Now, the one thing I am concerned about, Kyler Murray's injury, and I would not be surprised, even though he was a game-time decision on Sunday, and while you think, oh, he's got another week that he might play this game, they are on a bye next week, and so – I wouldn't be surprised if they take another loss this weekend against the Seahawks. They're only two and a half point favorites. So I say pump the brakes, but wait until, you know, later on in the season, see how they're really grooving. But you saw last year, Kyler Murray got injured. Didn't never the same guy, even though he still played majority of games. So glad they kind of learned their lesson, giving him some rest, but yeah, they're going to need to pick things back up right where they left off. Sam. Yeah. And I think it's important here, the change in the uh, playoff format this year, only one team is getting a buy, right? We got seven teams in. So there's only going to be one true buy. And right now it's sitting with the Packers, I think, as the number one in, in the NFC, which means right now they have, have to win in Lambeau, right? And kind of what Logan was saying, can Cliff Kingsbury compete on that higher stage? Because it's another level come January and February when, when we're playing in the playoffs. And yeah, I just don't think the Cardinals are there. The record shows it. The talent on the team shows it. But there's something that's intangible that's just missing for me. And I don't think they're going to be able to do it when they really need to. And maybe it's just because they haven't yet. And so I'm questioning it. They don't have the true proven track record, but there's something there that's that, yeah, I'm not totally bought in yet for them to be able to wrap up the NFC. Yeah. And I, I, I can kind of echo those Cliff Kingsbury thoughts. Like I'm, I'm not necessarily going to come out here and say he's coach of the year. I don't necessarily trust him like that. Kind of like Logan was saying, but you know, I'm not ready to say, you know, write them off completely. I do think they have a chance, but they're really going to need to kind of kick things back in a groove from the first four five, six weeks of the season. But my pretender, I'm going to pick the Baltimore Ravens. Now you saw them on Thursday night football. They were embarrassed by the minute Miami Dolphins. They were now granted they were in Miami, but still embarrassed. I believe 22 to 10, never got the offense going. Dolphins kind of abused them. And I think the Ravens are pretenders because they're going to win their division. I don't see the Steelers or the, maybe the Bengals, but the Bengals are up and down the Browns. I think the Ravens will likely win that division. Maybe they don't because they're just, they're going to fall off the second half of the year, but the Ravens, they, do you think about the games they've won this season? Three, I don't, I don't know exactly how many, but three of the six wins they got are all comeback victories. And you just are not going to win consistently coming back unless you were Patrick Mahomes, maybe the past couple of years, maybe even you've seen them struggling, but we'll talk about them in a little bit, but yeah, I just not big on the Ravens team. The run, all you looks like all you got to do is one, stop the run, which is tough, but stop the run, load up the box. Then two, play man coverage, which Lamar has struggled in man coverage. That's what the Miami Dolphins did. Hit him with some man coverage and he struggled. He's still a young quarterback, still learning his way. And they really don't, I don't think have the young or depth in the wide receiver core to really make a difference in those man routes. So I'm a, I'm kind of, I kind of think the Ravens are a pretender. I could see them losing first round, kind of like they have the past couple of years. Sam. Yeah, no, Austin, I, I'm going to agree and share that sentiment with everything you just said. I think I was looking up before we started the podcast. I think their point differential sits at something crazy low, like only plus 14 or something like that 
because you're right, the games they've won have been close games. Uh, pulling up their schedule now, squeaked by the Lions by only two points. The Chiefs by a point when, you know, Chiefs week two weren't looking very good, right? Uh, yeah, and this last week, we all bet big on the Ravens, right? Thursday night football. We all look like fools because, um, yeah, the Dolphins just got it done. So th- there's enough for me to see that Lamar Jackson's not the Lamar Jackson that we wanted, and he's not recreating his MVP performance. And, you know, sure, your record looks good at six and three, but if you're only squeaking by on, on close games, that's not sustainable. And we've seen teams, you know, who fall victim the other way, right? Chargers of years past where they seem to be losing every close game. The opposite's not much better because it's it instills false confidence, right? And that won't get you very far. So yeah, I think the Ravens right now are not the best team in the AFC North. And I, I have question marks about how far, how deep they can get this year. Yeah. So I mean, you hear our thoughts. Logan, what are your thoughts? Are you a little bit more pessimistic, optimistic on the Ravens' future this season? What are your thoughts? Can I can I be more optimistic? I mean, you guys are just so down in the dumps on on Lamar Jackson. You forgot how talented he is. He's gonna have one of these. Uh, you know, statement type wins recently. And you guys are going to come on here and be like, oh, Ravens are good again. And just like Austin flip-flops on the Browns all the time. You know what? You know, you know what? The, the Ravens will be all right. Losing in Miami, obviously that was a crap Thursday night game. That's those things happen. I, I hate Thursday night football. That's a different tangent. But I mean, in, in all reality, they've got, you know, Hollywood Brown, pretty serviceable. Rashad Bateman, young, young receiving core, obviously. And then they got Mark Andrews at tight end. Can we point to some good things about the Ravens? Obviously, you know, <laughs> the, the, the question marks at, at running back position. Yeah, well, guess what? Lamar Jackson can do it all. And and their defense, yeah, their, their defense has had some good games, some bad games. But you know what? Justin Tucker is, you, you know why they, they win those close games, Sam? Because they have a kicker like Justin Tucker that can make ridiculous field goals, and and that's why you can't count them out. Yeah, I'm not I'm not re- I'm not ready to just throw them away and discard them like trash, like 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 you two are. Yeah, but when you point to a kicker as your second or third argument point, he's a weapon. <laughs> he's Look, he's a Tucker, weapon. He deserves to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is absolutely. He is amazing. I I can't argue with you there, but that's not enough of, of a reason to get me excited about a team in playoff games. In playoff games, when, when, you know, when, when the chips are down, it's just those close type one possession games. Look, is there number one, is there a kicker you'd rather have? And is there, is there a team that can kind of, you know, ground and pound control you like the Ravens? I mean, there's, there's not, there's not a ton of teams you put up in that, in that upper echelon. My point is though, if it's a one possession game against the Detroit Lions in the regular season, that's, that's not going to be a one possession game come playoff time when you're playing against what looks like, the Chiefs team of last year or a good Titans team or a good Bills team question marks that's all I'm saying yeah Justin Tucker's awesome we love him but I mean I maybe maybe I'll be coming back on here tomorrow or next week saying you know Ravens are back and you know that wouldn't be necessarily that wouldn't be something that's out of realm possibility of things I've done on the channel before on the podcast but I just am saying I don't think this Ravens team is as good as you know, people might think they are. I know they have a lot of fans out there. Their defense has a lot of problems. They are not a very good defensive team either. I mean, they gave up 22 points to the Dolphins, which Dolphins are not a good offensive team. Their linebackers, personally, I think, are the biggest kind of issue. Patrick Queen, I believe, their starting linebacker. He has not looked good this season. So I'll be curious to see where the Ravens go. But let's move on. Let's let's move all that past. Let's talk about week 11. We're going to start with an early favorite spread pick. This was from Fat Tony Romo. Maybe it is Fat Tony Romo. Who knows? But we are going to talk about an early favorite spread pick. And Samuel, 
I'm going to let you start with this one because you hinted at it earlier. What is your favorite spread pick? Obviously, we're doing this Tuesday night, so you never really know. I mean, you could have bet Steelers today, and then Big Ben Roethlisberger was announced out on Saturday. So, obviously, take this with a grain of salt. So, take it away. Right, absolutely. Well, there's nothing I love more in the NFL than a good old-fashioned revenge game, right? And we kind of have something like that now. Washington, led by Ron Rivera, is going up against the Carolina Panthers, right? His former team that he coached for so many years. And not only up against the Panthers – but against most likely a Cam Newton-led Panthers team, which is just shaping up to be one of those great matchups. But I think that second honeymoon for, for Cam Newton is going to be short-lived. And this is coming from a guy who just thought we found our quarterback savior for a couple of weeks. One good performance or two good plays does not mean that he's back, does not mean that he's going to be good. And this Washington team right now, their record doesn't prove it. Um, they don't have key players I can point to, but damn, do they play teams tough, right? And they're coming off a great win this past week. I think he's going to know exactly what he needs to do to scheme against Cam Newton. And right now the spread's sitting at uh, plus three and a half. I think they're going to just blow out the Panthers. So I'm all in on Washington. Oh. <laughs> Those are fighting words, Samuel. Yes, yeah, sir. You, you just come out here and you and you just say, I don't need the three and a half. I want the outright win. Uh, that's that's what we call disrespectful. And <laughs> I hope I hope uh, Super Cam, I hope he... Uh, he takes exceptions I'm to that. Back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in reality, I I don't disagree with you that that if there's a coach that knows how to scheme against Cam, it's the coach that that he he had all those successful years with, you know, with, with Ron Rivera. But that being said, the 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 Washington defense, Tom Brady made him look too good last week. That the, this defense is do some regression. That you know, they just unfortunately lost Chase Young. I'm telling you that Cam Newton doesn't need to go out there and be perfect. We dump, a lot of dump offs to Christian McCaffrey will do the trick. Taylor Heineke, also an, an ex uh, Carolina Panther. This this game is just full, full yeah, of a full, yeah. It, it's it's just a, it's full, yeah. It's it's full of full of storylines here. But you know what? Taylor Heineke doesn't scare me one bit. I've seen I've seen good Taylor Heineke. I've seen a lot of actually even worse Taylor Heineke. Carolina's defense will be the difference in this one. They will win this game. Now, the question is, do they cover? I don't know. Three and a half, Sam, you're being disrespectful, saying they don't need the points, though. No, I'm just saying that's because I think they are going to win the game outright. That's why I like the spread that much more because, right, yeah, it's sitting at plus three and a half. So we'll see. Am I going to throw them into my money line parlays? Yes. Is Washington probably going to hurt me? Also, yes. But revenge (laughs) games, I like it. Oh, Logan, I'll let you continue with your spread pick, early spread pick this weekend. Yeah, it's, you know, kind of staying in that in that three-ish point range. It, the line in this one might change by the time, you know, people are watching this, by the end of the week, potentially even. But I'm feeling Minnesota Vikings plus two and a half versus the Packers. And you know what? I, I'm not I'm not bold enough to say that it, they won't need the points or that they'll get the outright win. But I'm just it's just one of those games that they always play well versus Aaron Rodgers. The Vikings kind of have his number. They're playing at home with that annoying foghorn type thing. They always always comes on. They have the they have the ground game. Uh, Dalvin Cook and and Madison. They've got they've got they check a lot of boxes on offense. Their defense. A little bit of question marks. I like I like what they did against Herbert last week, though. Can they keep that up versus Aaron Rodgers? Sure, why not? Playing at home, that's why. You know what? I, I feel like we're going to get a lot of public money on, on Packers. Austin and I know, you know, the Packers could be the sucker bet in this one. Every time we're looking at the slate, I'm always looking, what's going to be the sucker bet? I think Packers might, and that's why I think the Vikings are due for a surprise. I love the pick. I would have made them my upset pick, but I was wronged by them a couple weeks back. 
Um, yeah, Vikings, I love the pick. Like you said, they, they are a more talented team on paper than, you know, might the record might suggest, but they do play teams tough, especially the Packers, and they're pretty decent at home. Granted, last time they were home, I believe it was that Cowboys loss, but that was in primetime. They aren't in primetime today, so nope. or on Sunday. So I like the Vikings pick. Like I said, if you want to take it, wait till Sunday to kick off because this, this line is not changing. I don't imagine it changes from plus two and a half to goes to plus two. It's going to go up to probably plus three, plus three and a half if we're lucky. So get an extra point. Now I do have my favorite spread pick. I'm going to save it because we're going to talk about it. It's in Monday night football. So I'll get to it then. So we're going to move on. We're going to start talking about Thursday night football, get into our week 11 upset pick. So we're going to start with Thursday night football Patriots versus Falcons. I believe the Falcons are at home and you know, Sam, you're a Mac Jones believer. So what do you think in this game? Because Patriots, seven-point favorites. Do you think they cover this? Uh, yeah, you know, I think they do. And uh, I was burned hard by the Falcons last week. Remind everyone, two weeks ago, they had that really nice upset win against the Saints. I thought they were going to carry that energy into beating the Dallas Cowboys. And dang, did they get shellacked. Um, <laughs> not a good performance on any part of the team for the Falcons. Um, and – by the same token, you're looking at the Patriots who are coming off a great win, right? That uh, I think the point differential was probably the same, uh, but in the other direction, Patriots beating the beating the Browns. I think they carry that same energy. Right now, the Falcons, they're not even in a rebuild because Matt Ryan's still riding into the sunset, but they are due for one, right? This is a team that, other than Kyle Pitts, where's the future? Where's the energy? So many question marks about the Falcons, and I like what the Patriots are doing. And Everything kind of what Logan was pointing to last week about short weeks and how Thursday night football, you never really know, big question mark. I think that favors Bill Belichick, right? Because he knows how to scheme. He's got this one in the books. I think they're going to come out swinging, and I think it, it'll be a good Patriots win. I don't know what to do with this game because you guys know I will make a Thursday night football video, probably live later today, Wednesday evening. And part here's my, here's my thought process. One, everything Sam said, love it. Two, uh, the Falcons haven't looked great, like Sam said. Number three, Patriots are the biggest sucker bet you can make on Thursday night football. Everyone, and I mean everyone, will be betting Patriots minus seven. And I can guarantee you that it will have probably 85% of the money. People are going to see, ew, this Falcons team just absolutely got spanked. The game was over 36 to three at halftime. They didn't look good. And you think about Bill Belichick, he's going to scheme. He's going to take away probably Kyle Pitts. Cordero Patterson's a little bit banged up. So where's the Falcons offense going to come? So in my brain, it's like, I'm hammering Patriots minus seven, but then every time you hammer a bet in the NFL, you just get slapped across the face because the NFL is what it is. So one team didn't cover last week. One team did normally that vice versa happens this week. Oh man. A lot of people might get wrong this week. So Sam or Logan, what's your thoughts on this one? You, you know, normally I look at these games and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know, dolphins, it was predictable that they might, you know, hang around with, with the Ravens last week. But if there's a coach that can go in there, uh, like like Sam said, he he hit it perfectly, and and just focus those players and say let's get, let's take care of business. It's Thursday night football. Thursday night football sucks, but you know what? That that Falcons team has shown me no signs of life. Now I, let me remind you, Sam Darnold playing at his worst still beat that Falcons team in Atlanta. Like there there's just really not a whole lot to get excited about. They missing Calvin Ridley is is a big is a huge loss for them. You know the 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 uh, Zacchaeuses. A, th those are not the type of players that Bill Belichick is going to let. Well, he'll, he'll, he'll ask them to beat him, but I don't think that he can. You mentioned the quarter old Patterson injury. Patriots might be a sucker bet in this one, but call me a sucker. I just don't know how I could sleep at night betting I, Falcons plus seven. I it's agree. Just, That's why I likely will not have a spread pick because it's like I, 
I, I maybe I'll pick Patriots, but you don't, you'll, you got the wrong guy. If you think I'm putting Falcons plus seven, it's just like, I'm not going to bed when I see them down 38 to three and a half again. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's just some bets you just stay away from the Patriots are going to be an interesting one to watch out for. What about, what about like a first half type spread bet? I don't know. Maybe there's some value, you know, not full game. Cause I mean, if the Falcons backdoor cover them, yeah, that's, that's Thursday night football for you. See you later money. Like that's, we've all been there. That's why, you know, sometimes in these in these primetime games, you have to look for, you know, some weirder bets, like maybe first quarter spread, you know, first half yeah. spread. I'll have to take Other a stuff. look at all the spreads later on on Wednesday and see exactly what we got going. But let's move on to yeah. our upset picks. Um, Sam, like you already referenced, you took the Falcons last week. Um, yeah, we don't have to talk about that. Now, I took the Saints, and while they had a chance, they did cover if you took plus two and a half. They did cover by two points. So props. I think I'm on a pretty good cover streak for the most part. Now they aren't winning out, right? But what can you do about that? Logan, you took the Seahawks and I don't blame you. Um, I had their spread and man, they did not show up. (laughs) Russell Wilson, they could not get it done. So we're going to move on. We're going to talk about it today. Um, Sam, I know you have the biggest value on the slate. So kick this one off. Unless you want to switch over to your Washington football team, we'll let you double down. I know what you have on our, on our pre-show notes, but you can switch. Ooh, well, what is, uh, what is the, the odds on that right now sitting? Um, on Washington football team money line. Yeah, because you're right. Uh, I'll, nickel, I'll uh, go. I'll uh, figure it out for you. Um, Logan, you can start with your pick. All right. So, so in the meantime, I really do like Steelers plus 210 uh, at the Chargers. I mean, really, yes, I, I know there's some some question marks with Big Ben. But you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that, that he, he plays. You know what? To be honest, Mason Rudolph is obviously a, a drop off. Uh, from Big Ben. But but in reality, I, I'm just so not sold on the Chargers. I'm not sold on any real face of them. I think I think the Steelers it, uh, will, will thrive, honestly, in this this underdog, low expectation type role. I, you know what? I, ju- I just really love the value at plus 210, maybe getting Big Ben. And, and Justin Herbert has just, oof, he's, he's really kind of fallen off this year. I like Steelers for value alone. But man, Logan, I mean, that Steelers team right now, does, do you think Big Ben's even going to be able to finish the season right now? It looks like he's <laughs> gimping through. I don't like teams when they go out West, right? And you always got to take that into account. And this Chargers team, you don't know what to make of them. So you're going to assume, okay, you know what? Yep, Steelers are going to win. And then they're going to blow out and Herbert's going to have one of those, you know, 400 yard, three touchdown performances where you're like, oh, he's back, is he? So no, I don't know that one. I love the value, but mm, question marks about about the Steelers' ability to put up points. Yeah, and and my side, I like the value on it. Of course, I'm a big value guy on this segment of the video, but I don't think Big Ben's going to play. I don't know if he is vaccinated or not. I, and if he's not, then I think the, the rule is he has to stay out ten games, which or ten days, which would mean that he will be out this game. So I don't really know. I haven't looked into the reports, but Mason Rudolph is out there. Good luck with that bet, Logan, because you will not. You might as well throw my friend Mike White out there at this rate against Buffalo because I think Mike White's got as good of a chance out there as Mason Rudolph. But my uh, Sam, I'll give back, go back to you, plus 155, Washington football team. Are you in or are you going to go with your other one? Well, that's not great value. I think it's a lock. <laughs> value. No, I'm going to stick with my value because you know what? I have no credibility in this segment anymore, so let's just ride it into the dirt. Um <laughs> But <laughs> one team is still looking for their statement win of the season. It's the Detroit Lions. Did you think they were going to get it last week? I did. They did not. They're, they're now, you know, that winless season with a tie is almost just worse than I'd just rather be straight up winless. I, I, would, I don't want to tie without any wins. But you know what? This week against the Lions, it's in Cleveland. 
The Lions are sitting at plus 370 odds. I'm going to tell you why I like this. Because the Browns right now are in a tailwind, uh, tailspin spiral. That's not the right phrase. Into the ground. <laughs> that team does not know what they're doing right now. They have no identity. I thought removing Odell would have just like solved everything. Looks like it made things even worse. Right, <laughs> An awful performance last week against the Patriots. And this is a Lions team that just statistically speaking is probably going to have to win at some point. Why not this week? And for that value, just throw a little, just throw a little money on it and see, <laughs> see if it comes back your way. You make four <laughs> awful value bets. All you got to do is win one to get your money back. So this could be a, let's go. You by. are terrible at upset picks. So I have, in fact, zero chance that I think that hits. But you know what? The Browns, because I have trashed them in this video, I guarantee a Browns victory by at least double digit points because that's what they do. They always they always show me wrong. But yeah, Sam, I, I love <laughs> love the value. Arguably, probably has a better chance of hitting than my pick, which is the New York Football Jets plus one forty five taking on the Dolphins. Now, now I get what you're saying. You're like, man, 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 Mike White, Mike White sucks. Yeah, Mike White had four interceptions on Sunday, and you know what? Guess who doesn't care? This guy. Because you know what? That was a very good Buffalo Bills team in a bounce back. You've seen the offenses and, and QBs, including Patrick Mahomes, struggle against the Buffalo Bills. Now you got the Dolphins traveling on the road. And granted, they've had a long week to prepare. They're all on their highs, beating a good Baltimore, well, good Baltimore Ravens team. And now you're coming into MetLife? No, no chance. Michael Mike puts up a performance. And I don't even know if Zach Wilson, he could be back too. He will put on a performance too. Josh Johnson, it doesn't matter. I'm all in on the New York football Jets this weekend, plus 145. Hammer it with everything you got. Um, so, so you know how you, you know you you, you guys kind of said my pick. It was took a me a lot to get that money. out, guys. Yours, yours did not have any value. There's the, arguably no value at plus 145, and and we this is what this is what we try to preach in this segment. You're you're better off balling up that money. And ball and, and investing in a moon bet. Who's sponsoring our podcast R- rather than waste it on some Jets money line crap? No, get that out of here. Mike White is exactly. I you know what I I, I don't wear glasses, but I almost put on glasses because I was like, wait, is this Sam Darnold out here? And I and I and I was looking for him. I'm like four interceptions in a in a Jets uniform. Yeah, that looks that looks about right. Yeah, that's what he does, right? This is just an atrocious, toxic team and they don't even deserve the minutes we talk about them on here to be honest they're 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 not going to win versus the miami miami dolphins book it (laughs) yeah you know if i'm betting on the jets um which you should never do as a rule (laughs) if i am betting on the jets i gotta have crazy value in in my money sam at least back me up on this one man no, plus plus 370, I like the Jets. Plus 145, I don't think I love the Jets. Why not just – here's the thing with the Jets. They're going to throw some wins at you, right? The Titans, the Bengals. Those would have just paid for your mortgage for the year if you bet money on, on those games. So why bet the safe one where, yes, they always play the Dolphins up or down depending on which – where that's always going to be a close game. But there's just not enough reward for it to be worth that risk in my regard. I, I understand where you guys are coming from. I do. But you do have to recognize one of these teams covered last week. One didn't. It's going to have to have the flip-flop this week. And the, the Jets are winning this game. You saw what Rex Ryan, you see what he was saying to Robert Sala? He was disrespecting him. And Robert Sala said, you know where you can find me. So you know what? Jets are coming out motivated. And I don't know who's starting at QB. Maybe Mike White again might even be, I don't know who started. But it doesn't matter. Jets are winning this game outright. And when they don't, I won't be on the podcast next week. <laughs> so right. you, you have to come find me somewhere else, boys.
right. I, I, I at least am asking for a clown nose when they lose. I'm not, okay. Um, okay, fine. I will wear the clown nose if it's not even close. Is that okay. fair? I'll wear it for this segment if it's not even close for my next, yeah. next week. But if it's like a seven-point loss, respectable. Now, if it's like a 30 to 10 loss, they lose by double digits, fine, I'll wear it. I, I, I can respect Wait, it. wait, wait. But let's reverse that, too. How much of a blowout against the Dolphins does it have to be for Logan to wear a clown nose? I, I want think, to have a little skin in the game. I think we win by, by two touchdowns, two possessions. Logan wears a clown nose. I think that's yeah, right. ab- absolutely. Lo- Logan is very confident in that. Logan <laughs> won't be wearing a clown nose for that. <laughs> If the Jets win, it'll be a miracle field goal or just some some baloney. That's not it's not gonna be convincingly. Jets don't win convincingly. Come on, you know that. Uh yeah, unfortunately, yeah, you're right. You're you're correct. <laughs> yeah, we win sweat bets. And that's what that one is. But I think that's a no sweat bet. Jets money line. Take it, put it in all your parlays. There's one leg down for you. Now let's take on some we'll talk about before we get into Sunday night football, Monday night football. Let's talk about two big matchups this weekend. Now we're going to pass through the Saints Eagles. We, we're running out of time. We don't need to talk about that game. That's going to be an interesting one. Now we'll talk about two games, Bengals versus Raiders. Bengals coming off a bye and the Raiders obviously coming off that disappointing loss. Raiders are minus one point favorites. I want you to give me your spread pick. Who do you think wins this game? And then we'll move on. Logan, we'll go with you or Sam or whoever yeah. wants. Yeah, no, Bengals. I, I like Bengals against the Raiders. Raiders are just, you know, they 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 just kind of wheels are falling off a little bit. The the lack of t- offensive talent showing. You stop there and Waller. You stop their offense. Uh, and so I, I do like the Bengals. And yeah, I I I definitely think they can get it done, even even being on the road. Logan or Sam? Fresh coming off a bye. I like the Bengals. I think they get it done. Um, yeah, for kind of what Logan was saying, Raiders just aren't instilling a lot of confidence in me. And uh, I do like the pieces that the Bengals have, and I think they're an underrated team right now. So I like them in that game. I mean, this is a big game for both teams. I mean, you're both in the AFC. You both kind of have the same – I think they might have the same record exactly. But this is a big one for playoff seeding. I would lean towards the Bengals solely because I think that Raiders, like, interim head coach kind of juice has fallen off. Like, they're now just kind of relying, realizing, you know, we're still the Raiders. You know, we, we've lost a lot of players, a lot of key players this season. And then you see Deshaun Jackson. I don't know if you saw the clip, but – he had a long touchdown and just decided to stop running and tried to juke some people when he had a free touchdown, which would have changed the impact of the game. Instead, he doesn't get a touchdown. Instead, he fumbles. Ah, uh, Raiders. So I'll ride with the Bengals. But I would argue probably the biggest game on the slate this weekend, the Cowboys travel into Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. So, Logan, I know you were saying Kansas City back. You think they keep rolling this weekend? Absolutely. And, and I, I feel like, the you know, we're going to have a lot of people thinking Cowboys for, with value and, you know, being underdogs. Kansas City is is definitely back. I'm not I'm not all that scared about the Cowboys defense. I think they're kind of the blueprint is there on how to beat them. You know, and offensively, yeah, this this one could be a shootout, right? Or it could be a not shootout. The NFL always works in funny ways like that. The games that should be high scoring aren't. But I, I definitely think the Chiefs win and cover that spread. Sam, what about you? You know, Arrowhead probably one of the toughest places to play, um, and so I think that definitely will impact the game. But the Cowboys put on a clinic last week. I mean, they really did. They, that offense was firing on all cylinders. And uh, I think the Chiefs' comeback performance, not comeback, but comeback in terms of the whole season performance last week, while it was good and while, you know, Pat Mahomes, five touchdowns, wow, they're back. I don't think it's completely sustainable yet. I need to see it for another couple of weeks. And so this would be a statement win for them to, to my, for me to eat my words. But right now I still think it's the Cowboys we've got to lean on. I think they go into Arrowhead, and I think they get it done. 
Yeah, I'm going to side with Sam on this one. I'll split the difference. Um, I think the Chiefs are a sucker bet here. You're seeing them come off the Raiders. Good win. But you got to think about the Chiefs really have not been a good cover team over the last 18 games of this, of their really their career, of the last 18 games, have not really played that all that well at Arrowhead either. So I'm going to ride at the Cowboys. They have a much more complete offense, in my opinion. The Chiefs still, you know, their run game still isn't that great. They just relied on Patrick Mahomes, though, for 400 yards. And, and the Cowboys defense might be able to have some tricks up their sleeve. You know, Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn, you might love him, might hate him. But, you know, he always seems to come up with good defensive schemes versus other guys. And I think they'll be able to get it done as an underdog this weekend. So we're going to move on to Sunday night football, and then we'll talk about Monday. We'll talk about Sunday first. Steelers versus Chargers. Now, Logan, you've already given us your pick. You think Steelers got a chance to win this outright. Sam, you kind of already talked about it, too. So I think what we can talk about is this. We don't really know what to expect with Big Ben. So there's not really a whole lot, you know, we can dive in because Big Ben could be back. Big Ben could be out. What is your right. kind, of, kind of takeaways on the Chargers? Because they've been a very up and down team. They win good games, lose big one, lose last week against the Vikings. Logan, what are your thoughts on them? I know you are kind of already talked about them earlier. Yeah, with, with Herbert, you know, I, I don't know what to make of Herbert. I'm going to be honest. You know, he's a young quarterback, so he's going to have those really good games. He's going to have those really bad games. They, they need to use, you know, who needs to they use, they need to use Austin Eckler more, you know, establish a, a bit of a run game. Because you know what? Leaning on Keenan Allen, leaning on those tight ends. Herbert absolutely loves those tight ends. He loves the Donald Parms of the world. I think the offense should run through more through Eckler. They're going to beat the Steelers. I'm, I'm expecting a big Eckler game. I'm expecting him out of the backfield. A lot of receptions as well. But you know what? Defensively, yeah, defensively, that's where the, the question marks lie with the Chargers for me. That's why I, I, I gave the Steelers a good chance to win this game solely because I, I just don't believe in, in the Chargers defense to really stop anybody. I can kind of feel you on that. As an Austin Eckler fantasy owner, it's kind of been a little bit lackluster because I watched a lot of their games and you're right. They don't really use him too much. And I don't know if it's necessarily they're scared of him getting injured, which trust me, I am too. You're not alone, but <laughs> like they're using a lot of Larry Roundtree, Josh Kelly. And I'm, it's just like, those guys aren't going to give you any, you know, burst. They're not going to necessarily break off a big run, which Eckler is a very talented runner. He's not like he's just a pass catcher. He's still very good running back. And then he's, that's his, what, what is he best at? It's catching the ball out of the backfield. And some weeks he only sees one to two targets. And it's like, sure, I understand Keenan Allen has taken all the five-yard routes, but sometimes the best route is like a, I don't know, I think it's called Texas route where you run like a V. He's, he hope roast anyone. Those are all the Christian McCaffrey routes too. Austin Eckler, one of the best pass catching running backs in the NFL, and they need to really get him going, I think, to get this offense going. Sam, do you have any final thoughts before we get into Monday Night Football? Just an observation, which is that it's crazy how much COVID has now recently popped its head up into the NFL season. Seems like we got through the first seven or eight weeks unscathed, and now, wow, big omissions from the past few weeks, especially the Packers and Adams and um, Rodgers. But now, yeah, it'd be big if Big Ben misses the second week because I don't think Mason Rudolph can get it done on his own. So I think they need him if they want any chance to beat the Chargers. I agree with that. Let's move on to Monday night football. We've got the Giants traveling to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers. And this is where my big spread pick is going to come in. My, my early favorite is the Buccaneers, I think. And I wish I'd taken the Washington football team spread last weekend, but I have preached a couple times on this podcast. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are terrible on the road. They are not a good road team. And that's why I've said time and time again, they need home field advantage, or at least, you know, be a two or three seed in the NFC. Well, lost last week, showed it, proved it. They were not a good road team, and they've continued to be bad on the road. I don't know what their record is on the road or against the spread-wise, but at home, they've been dominant. I think they come out and they're dominant against the Giants team, which, sure, they might get Saquon Barkley back. They might have Kadarius Tony, all their weapons finally back. But And you might think, oh, well, the Giants played them tough last year. 
Well, yeah, last year, I believe that was in MetLife. Now this year, they're in Tampa. I think Bucks come out with a big statement win. I'll, I'll pick them, 31 to 17. Maybe even worse than that. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, you know, I think you're going to say I'm crazy for this. I think those losses for the Bucks, especially the one last week, are actually a good thing for the team moving forward. Because right now, you know, the notion that, you know what, they're the, still the same team from last year and they are just literally continuing <clears> – <throat> And the amazing success they have last year into the season, exact same roster. It's a crazy amount of expectation, right? That, hey, we got to be perfect. And so sometimes those mid-season falters are actually a good thing because they say, hey, what? you know what? Let's reset that we're not the team of last year. We're this year. New expectations. We're doing it for ourselves this, this season. And um, I think they win the game. I don't know if it'll be as big of a statement. I like them. I picked 24-17 um, as a final score. But yeah, I think they come back and bounce back from last week. And I think they kind of use those losses as fuel to say, hey, you know what? We're not untouchable. We have had losses, but we're still a pretty overpowered team. Let's move this into the into the offseason. I think they have some positives to take away. Okay, Logan. Hey, absolutely what you were saying. You know, in the NFL, it's it's a, it's always a good humbling experience, right? To lose those games that that uh, I, I guarantee you those players were going into Washington thinking. We're going to take care of business, but they didn't. And, and that's the NFL for you. But you know what? My, my, my rest of my family's all Bucks fans, right? They, they absolutely love the Bucks. They were so discouraged uh, with what they saw, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. How crazy was it to watch how Washington uh, closed out that game, right? Everyone thought, me included, Tom Brady's going to get the ball back. You know, they're, they're, they're going to just do what they do. You know what? The, the reason why I do think the Giants are going to cover, I, I, I'm picking Bucks to still win outright, though, 28 to 20. But the reason why I just not absolutely sold on that Bucks defense, right? You're miss, you you didn't really address the secondary and, and all the injuries and, and gaps you have there. And the pass rush. Where is this pass rush? You know, the pass rush that we saw making Patrick Mahomes scramble all around the Super Bowl. That's not there. Taylor Heineke uh, just was sitting back in the pocket comfortably dropping dimes. So, you know what, not, now I, I don't have faith in Daniel Jones to do, you know, to not turn the ball over a lot. But that being said, I think this could be a sneaky, you know, closer game. Giants potentially covered. That's a big number to ask for the Bucks to cover. So I'm going to take the Giants with the points, even though the Bucks get the win. Yeah, and I think that's why I'm kind of riding with the Bucks. I think Vegas and the sportsbooks are kind of giving them a little bit of respect at home. And a lot of people I could see riding with the Giants, thinking, you know, they're getting all, they're coming off a bye, they Bucks did not look good coming off a big loss. Very similar to kind of teams like the Cowboys and Bills. Both lost last week or two weeks ago and came out with big wins in week 10. So I understand your guys' questions. And, yeah, that defense really did not inspire me a lot. And I think it's it goes back to show these guys just do not – they don't play well offensively or defensively on the road. They just don't show up. I don't know what it is. Maybe they just like the cool Florida weather. I don't know. I wouldn't blame them, but yeah, they just didn't show up. And I think they will show up this weekend, especially at home. The rest of their schedule for the rest of the season isn't necessarily too difficult in terms of road games. I believe they play the Jets on the road. They got the Panthers, I believe the Falcons, a couple other, maybe the Colts as well. So I think they can beat the majority of those teams. But we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see. Any final thoughts before we wrap up this, this show, guys? Uh, it'll be a tough week for me. No Cooper Cup on all my fantasy teams. So I'm still struggling with that one, but uh, hopefully they come back stronger than ever next week after the bye. Yeah, I'm in search of a new quarterback after Matthew Stafford has straight up sold me the past two weeks. So uh, 
if anyone has any recommendations for fantasy football, a bye week fill-ins, please let me know because I am struggling out here. But that'll do it. Like, I got to say thank you guys again for not only 13,000 subscribers, but one year of calling our shot. We got some big plans over the next 365 days. Calling our shot is here to stay. So we'll be back again next week. And then we got a special, maybe a special Thanksgiving episode for those that celebrate. Who really knows? But we appreciate you guys for tuning in. This has been Austin for Logan and Sam. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace.